You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotroncom agony. Ruth Ozeki begins her novel, A Tale for the Time Being, speaking in a voice that is not her own. Hi, my name is Now, and I'm a time being. Do you know what a time being is? Well, if you give me a moment, I will tell you. A time being is someone who lives in time, and that means you and me and every one of us who is or was or ever will be. As for me, right now, I'm sitting in a French maid cafe in Akiba Electricity Town, listening to a sad chanson that's playing sometime in your past, which is also my present, writing this and wondering about you somewhere in my future. Now's voice speaks clearly to the reader because Now spoke clearly to the writer. The way I conceived of the book at the beginning was this girl is writing this diary that she was going to cast out into the world, almost as though she would somehow conjure the reader into being. And that really what this was about was a character coming out, emerging from this Pirandellian soup, and tapping a writer on the shoulder and saying, hey, you know, I'm here, I'm ready, let's go. Having heard the voice of now, Ozeki's journey as a writer was not meant to be simple or straightforward. She would end up creating, in effect, many worlds in which Now's voice was brought to life. First I thought, well, Ruth should be the reader of this girl's book. And I discarded that idea, and I wrote four or five versions of the book with different readers in place. It was like I was auditioning other characters for the role of Now's reader. And each one, though, failed. Each one created a different book. I would audition a character and then have to fire him or fire her and call the next one, you know. And this happened four or five times. So there are, back in the soup, you know, in this Spirandellian soup, there are a lot of very disappointed characters. It was an intrusion from the real world that enabled Ozeki to find her own voice in the novel. It was in the beginning of 2011. I had finished a draft figuring that I couldn't go any further with it on my own. I'd really kind of reached my limit. And that's when the earthquake and tsunami happened. I must have spent about two or three weeks doing nothing but just watching the images of the tsunami come over. And I realized that that moment that this version of the book was not any good. It was no longer relevant. So I withdrew it from submission, and I, several months later, unzipped it and threw half of it away. And that's when I realized that I needed to go back to my very first idea and step into the role of Now's reader. The relationship between the reader and the writer is a theme in the novel that played a large role in the creation of the novel. The book that you read is going to be completely different from the book that somebody else reads. So, of course, when Ruth steps in as the reader of Now's diary, then she's going to change Now's life. Now's life is not going to be the same as it would have been had somebody else been in that role as a reader. So... I knew the general arc and the general shape of Now's life and the events in her life. You know, I had to be completely open to this idea that when Ruth stepped in, that that might change things completely. And in fact, it did. It changed it radically. By involving the reader intimately in the creation of the story, Ruth Ozeki's A Tale for the Time Being provides an experience that is uniquely thrilling. It is the equivalent of looking in the mirror with the understanding that by doing so, you are bringing into existence a new version of yourself whose destiny is in your control. With time to read, I'm Rick Kleffel. Find out more at agonycolumn.com.
You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotroncom agony.